0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium. We're here directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, the Chiefs return to the practice field to continue their preparation for Week 17's contest against the Denver Broncos. We hear from Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, as well as Linebackers Coach Brendan Daly, Defensive Backs Coach Dave Merritt, Running Backs Coach Greg Lewis, and Quarterbacks Coach Matt Nagy. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bienemy, followed by Steve Spagnuolo, then Brandon Daly. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Dave Merritt, Greg Lewis, and Matt Nagy. Here's Eric bien
1: Uh Good afternoon. Hopefully everyone had a uh, beautiful Christmas. Uh, hopefully everyone celebrated the holiday with a, speci- uh, a nice one, a, a special uh, friend, family, or whoever. Uh, feels good coming off a of victory as well. I think our guys did a heck of a job of finding a way to finish the game. Uh, the thing that we're focused on right now is making sure that we're cleaning up all the little things moving forward so fundamentally we can play our best ball going into the playoffs. With that said, I'm all ears.
2: Coach, how valuable has Jerick McKinnon been to you this year and all he's done in recent weeks?
1: Jerry has been very valuable. Obviously, it's, it's always good, especially, you know, for Pat. When he's looking downfield to make that big play, and then uh, if nothing's there, he has an opportunity to dump it off to Jerick. Jarek's doing a great job, not only as a receiver, he's doing a great job in pass protection, picking up the necessarily blitz when they're coming. On top of that, he's doing a heck of a job in the run game. And then something that doesn't get talked about enough, and I know I keep discussing it, is his leadership. He provides outstanding leadership in that room to those guys. And he's just like having a coach, an additional coach on the field.
3: Okay back and watch the film. What's your reaction when you see these pancake blocks that Trey Smith does, Creed? How do you all react inside those rooms
1: when you see that? Well, I probably can't get too excited here right now and, and put it on full display, but I'm old school. Anytime you see something like that, you can't help but get excited. You know, this game was created and played, you know, that way a long time ago. And so when you see things like that taking place, you can't help but just get fired up and excited and you're looking for the next one. I just think Trey has done a heck of a job. Uh, he plays hard and he's always looking to find work. And you know, when you're putting that stuff on tape, it's making those other guys on the other side of the ball uh, be very aware <laughs> and making sure that they're staying on their toes.
4: What are your expectations
5: for Hardman, uh, assuming he plays Sunday after he's missed so much time?
1: The biggest thing with McColl is making sure that he's getting back in the groove. Obviously, with him participating in practice, we're not going to rush things. We just want to make sure that he's good. And then on top of that, we got to get him back in in game shape and making sure that he can handle the necessary uh, amount of workload that we want to give him. So, you know, we're excited. Obviously, uh, he's done a heck of a job, and we'll just keep it moving from there. We'll just take it day by day.
5: It's to get just a little bit of work before the playoffs, right, for him you don't want that first duty back to
1: get the playoffs? Well, I, yes, I I always agree with that. But like I said, we just want to make sure that we're in syncing and in rhythm with the training staff and making sure that we're not doing too much or too little, but just making sure we're doing just enough to get him ready where he's back and healthy and ready to go. you
5: guys think, you know, obviously you've been here with Coach Reed the whole time, you've had basically two quarterbacks, you know, and you look around the league, you see the issues the teams have trying to find quarterbacks, setting guys down, and doing all this different stuff. You talk to colleagues around the league. Are they jealous that you guys have, have got a pretty good with the with quarterback position? Because it doesn't look like it's that easy everywhere else.
1: You know what? Unfortunately, I, and this probably sounds bad, I don't talk to too many people during the season. <laughs> I talk to the guys obviously here, and I talk to family members whenever I can. But you know, whatever's going on outside the building, obviously that's their own business, and I'm not trying to be quote unquote an asshole or anything. But the only thing I focus on, my focus is what's going on here and making sure that we're taking care of business today. And if we're taking care of business today, I know tomorrow we got a chance to give ourselves a chance on Sunday come uh, game time.
2: Coach, I, I know this is probably your favorite time of year when we start talking about these types of things, but coach Reed said that you had an opportunity to interact with the owners in a casual standpoint this past offseason. How do you think If you're willing to answer it, that may help uh, as we get to this offseason where you might have another chance to
1: become uh, a head coach. Well, first of all, I'll say this. I thought the league did a heck of a job with the accelerator program this spring, and it was great to have that opportunity to be a part of that. Obviously, uh, it was a number of coaches and a number of personnel people, uh, and it was a a great experience. Uh, I thought it went well. But right now, that took place in the spring, and I'm where my feet are. The only thing I can control is today, and it's situational football day. It's third down day, so we got to make sure we get back on track.
5: Uh, with the coaching change in Denver, Andy was talking about kind of being ready for anything. What does that mean for you? You feel like there's going to be a whole lot that maybe they do that you haven't seen before?
1: Well, I'll say this: defensively, they've done, they've done a hell of a job all year long, and I know this past weekend. You know, the score got out of hand, and sometimes that happens. But I do know this. They have good personnel on that side of the ball. They've done an outstanding job of coaching those guys up. So we're not taking our foot off the pedal just because they had a mishap this particular weekend. Regardless of what has taken place, we got to make sure that we're ready. And like I said, there's a lot of things that we need to work on. We got to make sure we're getting back to uh, playing fundamentally sound football and making sure that we're converting on third downs and making the most of opportunities when presented. So I'm counting on the Denver Broncos to come out and play hard and play fast and to compete their ass off against the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Coach, Andy Reid said uh, that he wanted to see all three phases playing well before you guys reach the playoffs. Is there anything specific that you want to see out of the offense when it comes to
4: execution or out of your receivers, anything? It,
1: it, put it this way. I want to see our line play a complete game up front. And I know it's not anything that's going to ever be perfect. I want to see the receivers go out there and play sound football, catch every pass, also participate in the run game and, and getting blocks downfield. I want to see the running backs taking care of the football, reading everything properly. Uh, I want to see Pat making all the particular reads and making sure his footwork is good in the pocket. So I want to see these guys play a complete game. I want them to be at their best because we know do not get me wrong. The regular season is very, very important. We know once that season starts in a few weeks, okay, that notch goes up another notch. So we got to make sure that we're clicking on every phase that there is, and there's a lot for us to work on starting today. Couple
3: more. The last one, I know. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys.
6: Anybody else coming in here, Brad? Or? I think it's coming
5: in.
6: Yeah, let's see if we want to have to. Yeah, let's see right. that. Hey, want, Come on, Tilter. Total, sir. <laughs> <star>. oh. <laughs> <total> <laughs> Playing with Ted. Ted's my guy. Um, got a heat wave out there today, huh? Feels great. You <laughs> got shorts on. I might think about doing the same, since so we get outside here. Um, listen, well into Denver. Um, hope everybody had a happy holiday. Um, I don't have much, you know, as normal, I don't really have much to say. I'm going to let you guys roll with the questions.
0: What kind of went into
5: the decision to ask Legarius to, to travel with uh, the yeah. educator?
6: Did a good job, I really thought. Um, and, and Dave and I and Donald really felt that. I mean, LJ's a competitor and so is in 14. Uh, and we felt like we needed to do that to kind of get us going. I thought he did a really good job all game. He got the one the one on the sideline and we really, uh, safety probably should have been over there a little bit sooner. Probably shouldn't even have had that one. And LJ con- had a contested one on him a little shorter curl. But um, I thought the guys did a really good job as a group, making uh, 14 for them a focus making sure he didn't wreck the game on them and i think they did a pretty good job you've kind of
5: resisted that in the past not really
6: not really Uh, oh you mean flipping guys oh yeah 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 yeah. now part of that part of that goes into uh like in years past well we've had trevarius and uh outside you know i mean it goes into who we have and what we feel like the matchups are but i i I wouldn't say i i've never resisted it i mean we've done it um, and I thought it was a good week to do that, yeah.
1: What was it about this week that made it good to, to do
6: that? Uh, well, when, when Lockett got hurt, you know, that gave him really the one main guy. Um, so that that was one of the bigger reasons. I'm not saying we wouldn't have done it anyway, um, but that was probably one of the main, main reasons.
2: How much did you need to see that maybe ahead of the postseason? Thing? and offer you an opportunity because you have other receivers you're going to see. I know you could go week by week, but down the line when you enter the postseason, you could do this maybe against the Digs and the...
6: Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, again, like even Denver this week's got two really good ones, you know, so you've got to make a decision there. It's, all, it's just all about the team that you're facing and what they have and what are the other matchups when you do that, um, what problems the offense presents with, do they move that guy around? Like last week, you know, 14 didn't move around very much. If you have a player that's the same caliber and they're always moving them, you kind of lose the, I mean, it doesn't, you know, you kind of lose that a little bit. But, so there's always a lot of things going to it.
3: Sorry about that. When you look at your coaching career, you, you've been around some very prolific and productive linebackers. Like Jeremiah Trotter and Philly, yep. Laronitis and St. Louis, and now you've got Nick Bolton. Not asking you to compare them, but like, what are some of the similarities that you see
6: yeah, like Antonio Pierce is another one we had in New York. The first thing that jumps out is the, the football intelligence. The second thing that jumps out is the football instincts. Some, in some ways, one and the same, but Nick has a tremendous feel for the game. Uh, there's a lot of times that it's drawn up a certain way going into the week, and when it changes on him really quick, he can adjust. The other thing he's really good at is in-game coming over and saying, you know, I think we should do this, or, or maybe not do that because of this, or because of what they're doing, or what the quarterback's saying. That's valuable, and all those uh, those other guys that you're talking about uh, used to do the same thing. It's what huge. Do
2: you, what do you think went into this late season production for George to finally get home a bunch of times? And seem like he's you know,
6: yeah. Um, I don't know if I have an answer, a secret to that, except that I know that throughout the beginning when we didn't feel like he had. I mean, everybody's the stat everybody looks at is sacks, right? And and when it wasn't happening, I. Joe and I both felt that there were a number of times when he was almost right there, or he missed one because maybe he didn't sink his hips. Like I, th- I think there's a few in there that he missed that he could have had. And now I think he's learning that, and maybe the speed of the game, and he's getting used to it, and, he get, and he's getting confident. So I hope that continues. That helps us.
5: You just, this is a pretty quick turnaround to play the same team again, but a lot of stuff has happened there. Yeah. Coach mentioned to us yesterday you got to be ready for about anything because you don't really have a track record. Yeah. What sort of things are you preparing
6: for with the Broncos this week? Well, uh, a coach is right. Uh, sometimes it can make it a little bit more challenging because you don't know what the changes are going to be. You know, everybody needs a game to see uh, what the new head coach is going to do. The coordinator not changing. You know, we're looking for some probably continuity there or some similarity between the last time we played them this time. But we just got to be ready for anything. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, we make it more about what we're doing and what we should do and how we should execute and. Making sure that from the chin to the hairline we execute things the way we need to do, and then continue to play fast. I mean, I, I, th- I thought our guys played fast, tackled better. To me, that's as important as who you're playing. Um, so whatever they throw at us in this particular week that we may may not have seen, because it is a new regime, so so, so to speak, um, we got to be ready for. It. Steve, since uh,
7: since Frank's been here, this appears to be the year the most that he's sort of been a mentor for somebody younger at his position, obviously with George. Yeah. I just wonder what you've learned about Frank, seeing him go through that while also trying to obviously be a productive player himself. Yeah,
6: he takes that pretty seriously, I think, um, in kind of mentoring or, you know, at the, at the point we're at in the season right now, being the veteran that's kind of been through it, what to expect, how we need to operate. He's been really good that way, he's been vocal that way. Joe tells me that he's been really good in the D-line meetings with that. Um, studying film, getting ready for this opponent. I know Frank has pointed out some things. Uh, real valuable to have vets on your team that have been through what we're in the middle of and hopefully going to go through going forward. I think it's huge, especially when you have as many young guys as we do. When you faced
4: the Broncos three weeks ago, Russell Wilson rushed. For a season high. Is yeah. that a big focus stopping
6: him yes. at the end of this week? Yeah, that. listen, that, he's still a quality quarterback, in my opinion, um, and he hurt us with his feet a number of times. We can't allow that to happen. I think on most of those, the coverage on the back end was really good. He's smart enough to know uh, he's going to get something with his feet, and he did that. Um, I hope that doesn't happen again, but that has been a huge focus, yeah.
7: With Carl
5: Loftus, it seems like even going back to OTAs, he didn't get his hands in the passing lane and the panic
6: passes. It's just, it's yeah, he's crazy. had a, yeah, he. I, I, mean, I don't know what the where he is and all that, but I know he's had a bunch of them. There was one, I think it was this past game, there was one real early in a game, I think it was this game, that if he doesn't do that, it was this past game. The coverage on the outside was a little loose. I think it would have been a first down. I thought he saved us on that. Uh, but good pass rushers not only um, put pressure on the quarterback, but they have a timing. In their brain of when to put their hands up when they know the quarterback's going to re- release it i think that's a natural thing and george obviously has a good good knack for that
4: Coach, can you talk about this pl-
5: the play for safeties just to read out a couple of big tackles in that game against seattle and then obviously Juan won, with yeah. the those guys have been playing pretty well for the last
2: they
6: game. have and they kind of there's, there's some continuity there i think justin and juan are feeling better together the whole secondary the linebackers together we're spending a little bit more extra time with the put the two groups together, because I think that's important this time of the season. And unfortunately for Juan, you know, he had that other interception that got taken away. But, you know, LJ kind of got a little, little feisty on that. And <laughs> yeah. he, It was it was a legit. He was doing it the whole game, which was really good. And uh, sometimes you miss and you get called. But, uh, yeah, Juan and Justin, I thought they did a nice job. Good. Thanks, Coach. Okay, thanks, good. Thanks. Appreciate Thank you. it. So Getting near the, the end of the
5: regular season here, what do you think about your group so far and how they are kind of Worked their way
8: through the year? You know, it's um, been a really good group. I'm proud of the way they've played. Um, they have continued to work, continue to get better. Um, we've got great people in that room. I um, feel really good about the depth that we've got and uh, kind of the, the way some of the younger guys have developed and come along. Um, but, well, you know, we've got a long way to go and pretty good challenge for us this week against Denver.
5: Nick's first year with the sticker, you know, hearing all that stuff. Uh, spags earlier in the year was like no question at all this is our guy they'll do that any sort of hiccups at all along the way with that part or he just seems to have jumped right in yeah i would
8: say the exact opposite of hiccups um it's been you know not that there was a, a high level for improvement because he started out doing really well with it to be honest it's very natural for him uh it doesn't phase him he does an excellent job communicating um you know even when we get thrown into It hasn't been perfect by any means. you know. There's some challenging situations that offenses have have put us in over the the course of the year that have come up, but he's unfazed. He doesn't get rattled when those things come up. Um, It's been really good and and smooth, for sure.
9: Coach,
3: on the subject of Nick Bowen, I'm going to take you back to your time in New England. You had a couple of prolific, productive linebackers there in Mayo and and as well as Hightower. What are some of the similarities between productive linebackers that you see and, and the way it translates
8: with Nick? Well, there's some common characteristics. I would say the first thing that stands out when you Mayo and Hightower, uh, comparing them to Nick, like the football IQ is the thing that stands out. All of those guys operate at an extremely high level in terms of understanding the game, understanding the defense, understanding um, the nuances of calls and adjustments, um, and then also have great ability to communicate there. Um, I would say that's the, the common thread with those guys, um, for sure. Uh, I would say, you know, the next element of it, Nick does a tremendous job in terms of his tackling. He's one of the best I've been around in that regard. For given, sure. the,
3: given the amount of everything that you put on this plate you know, during the offseason, has he done anything through 16 weeks to surprise you?
8: You know, I don't know if it's surprised, but I would say the more you're around him, the more impressed you are with him. Um, both as a person and as a player, you know, um, it, it stopped to become surprising, that's for sure. You know, it's, it's unfortunately become a little bit of the expectation, which may be unfair to him, um, but he's, he's established a pretty high standard in that regard. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's still a young player. He's going to continue to get better. There's still things every every day that he looks at, him, yeah, yeah, I missed that. I should, you know, I should have done this, um, which is great to see.
2: Coming into the year, one thing Willie said that he wanted to do was lean, lead the league in linebackers for interceptions. I know he's hurt by the suspension, but where have you seen him develop as these weeks have gone on and as far as coverage goes?
8: You know, he's done a really nice job, and I would say that's something that he has worked at, for sure. Um, he, uh, In fact, he had a great practice just yesterday in, in, in terms of coverage. He had, a, a I thought, uh, Sunday's game, who did we play? Seattle. Um, it's been a long time ago in my world. Uh But I I thought that was one of his best coverage games, honestly, both in terms of man and zone. And, um, you know, he's got the speed, he's got the athleticism, man coverage in particular that comes into play. But there's some details and some nuances and some leverage and some things that he's really worked to improve. And I would say his eyes in zone coverage... He's made a huge point of emphasis, and we've tried to work on, and I would say that's not, you know, we haven't accomplished the objective in terms of being perfect in that regard, but we've made some strides there. He's done a really good job of working at it.
4: Graham? Well, this is like a reach, but so when you were in New England, they were obviously in the middle of a long, long stretch of of winning and uh, sustainable success. The Chiefs have a chance to have a run like that now. Um, From your time in New England and here, is there any sort of common threads, you know, whether cultural or uh, team building for velocities that you've observed that are similar in both franchises?
8: The one thing I would say that would stand out relative to that is nobody talks about that and nobody on a day to day basis thinks about that, um, that it's there. It's, you know, and everyone knows it's there, but it's not something that you focus on. It's not something that's talked about. What you're focusing on is today. Um, this week's opponent. You know, We're worried about going out and having a good short yardage, goal line, third down work here today um, and having the best game plan we can for Sunday's game against the Broncos. And if you do that week after week, it sounds cliche, but the results will take care of themselves. The wins and the losses will take care of themselves. Um, so I would say that's the common theme. There's not a secret answer. Sure.
4: And, and, and like One part of that too is just like sort of dealing with the inherent turnover that there's going to be in, in, in uh, you know, Season over season, or you know, how good you are. Is, is there certain things that Coach Reed does in this like, you know, terms of like onboarding new players that might be similar at all?
8: Well, I think there's a, an emphasis to develop the young players and to get young players up to speed as quickly as possible. And when they show that they've got an aptitude for certain things, to put them in situations where they can perform and prove. That they're capable of doing those things for sure and I think you know coach Reed does a nice job on the coaching side of that as well in terms of trying to develop young coaches and you know have guys that are ready to step into increased roles when opportunities present themselves.
5: On this week's game um, the thing that got the Broncos back in the game a few weeks ago was the quarterback run What's the responsibility level for your guys to kind of not allow that to happen?
8: This well, that's a good question, and, and it presents a huge challenge. Um, you know, Wilson does a great job of extending the downs. He, uh, most of the time, is looking to get the ball down the field when he extends downs uh, and is capable of running with it, you know, if you don't have the rush lane secured to where he's got an opportunity. Um, I'd say it's multi-fold. The biggest one from a coverage standpoint is, when the down gets extended and he starts moving, you've got to get plaster responsibilities handled, whether you're in man or zone, you've got to get positive to your matches and stay tight on them for the remainder of the down. Um, we had another couple of situations in that previous game that, you know, we were in maybe a five-man rush or a blitz and we lost container, or one of the lanes in, broke down and you end up in a scramble situation and playing off of each other and, and kind of regaining uh, container control of the pocket is a, a pretty important thing with a guy like him, for sure. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.
10: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
9: Another day is here and you're ready for it. Want to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check
5: to be ready for about anything, It sort of effect would that have on some of your young players to just
9: try to be ready for whatever's coming their way? Uh, good question. I mean, when you have a new guy that's taking over the offense or all of the duties, you kind of ask yourself okay, what possibly trick plays that they could run? But um, other than that, nothing really changes with the offense because they can't go in and prepare and have a completely new offensive strategy other than the fact that they can ask some trick plays because the plays that the players have learned early in the year those should be probably some of the same plays that they're used to to finish up the season so other than having a couple of wrinkles here and there, four or five wrinkles of trick plays, that's the only thing that we can be ready with and playing with great eyes is going to allow us to hopefully combat that. Hey, one of
4: the themes of the season obviously has been the young defensive backs and I wonder if you could just sort of speak to the State of the Union now but kind of the arc of How it's gotten to where it is, and what you've
9: seen. Yeah, you know when they all first came in, the thing is that I just wanted those guys to make sure they felt comfortable with understanding that although you may have a rookie behind your name or title, but you have to understand that right now when you're going against a guy in front of you, your technique is going to supersede whatever type of title that they put on you. So technically, throughout the entire season, our guys have every week have improved trying to make sure they execute the techniques that we're asked. Now, when you're dealing with the guys at this point in the season, I just went in yesterday again and spoke to the group and just let them know, um, hey, you're at a point in the season that you're not rookies any longer. I know Jay Reed probably mentioned something about that yesterday. Um, But the guys have got to understand that it's a faceless opponent every time. There's certain guys that you want to take out, but technique-wise, you have to make sure you're executing it, and hopefully throughout the season you continue to get better, and that's what they've done. Having Trent coming back after missing the first couple of weeks of the season has been big for us as well. Having Jay um, Jay Watt and also Jay Williams going in and out, playing the other corner position, has allowed us to have a little flexibility and put them on a rotation. So, um, But having Trent and some of the other rookies like B Cook stepping up, um, even Ozzy Johnson on special teams, these guys have all improved as the season has gone on. Exactly. Have you felt, like, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you felt like, obviously there's been some bumps and
4: pickups and fits and starts, but if, even within those moments, have you felt like, yeah, this is learning curve, this is That's right. exactly part of that?
9: It is, because when I first came here in 2019, I had Breshard Breeland. I had um, Shavarius Ward playing the corner position for me. Here are two guys: Shavarius Ward, free agent, that we got from Dallas, came here, and all of a sudden he became a starter. Breshard Breeland was a late draft pick. I think he was uh, maybe fifth, sixth round, or whatever it was. He became a starter. Those two guys played good football for us for a couple of years. They had to go through the same techniques and learning curves that the rookies are going through. So, um, you know, right now at this point. In time, you look at who we have, and we have these guys all playing a great amount of time on the field. The fourth down play, I go back to, I look out there and I have rookie, rookie, rookie cook makes a fourth down stop, and you look at that and say, whoa, that's pretty good. You know, and so if these young guys can continue to learn, which I think they will, it's going to help us in the long run.
7: When it comes to Williams
2: and Watson in the rotation of these past two weeks. Is it something where you guys are trying to identify one of these guys for the postseason or do you anticipate you like the way the rotation is going? We're going to see.
9: I like the way the rotation is going because right now both of those guys have proven us You know, right as far as when we drafted him, we thought that both guys could become players for us. So, again, when you look at Watson, Watson is a 6'2 kid who has long arms. His skill set is a little different than Williams, who's another 6'3 kid and has long arms. So, both of them bring a little something different to the table. So, depending on the team that we're playing, you know, we may play one a little more than the other. But we've rotated both of them in there. They're both deserving, and and we're going to continue to do it.
7: Obviously, Watson's dealing with the hand, you guys haven't jammed as much recently Mm -hmm. in the past. I just wonder how much of that, with his situation, has a lot of him to focus on other things, and where have you seen sort of Joshua progress when you have asked him to press his
9: You know, you're correct as far as the hand. Once he injured the hand, he stopped jamming as much as he was before. And now the hand is actually much better, and the kid has used his hand a lot more the last two games. And so the progression for Watson was, at, at the beginning of the season, very physical kid. He went against Mike Williams, which he had a rookie day. <laughs> there was a lot of great balls thrown by the quarterback. But um, then late on, as, after he hurt his hand, we saw the slip-off in the fall even in practice of not using the hand. So Joshua Plays went up. Joshua Williams has been jamming receivers from training camp all the way through and so but um, they both have a skill set that they bring to the table that allows us to play both of them. So it's been good.
5: Let's go last to Todd and Kevin. Josh, we asked about the young guys a lot, but mm-hmm. we maybe don't ask you enough about Legereus. Right. He had yeah. a really nice shot yeah. last week yeah. playing you know, basically yep. just against DK the whole time. Yep. What, what have you uh, seen from him this year to even elevate his game? beyond this, maybe I guess the surprise he was
9: for you guys a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's more focused. I think the distractions probably outside of the building has simmered down, and the young man walks into the building with a notebook and a pad and ready to go. He, he brings to the room questions um, that he may not have asked two years ago. So his ability to come in and has become a pro, or slowly and gradually over time is where we see him right now in this third year and so um, I just think the the distractions outside he's done a great job of limiting that and that's what the young guys have got to learn now you come into this league I mean this you are in Kansas City Missouri for one reason that is to play football you're not here to be on Twitter you're not here to start your record label you have to understand you are here to play football and a lot of guys get that um, misconstrued and I coast up in New York for almost 18 years three years with the Jets so on Long Island, 14 with the Giants. And that city calls you. New York City, Jay-Z had a song that came out, which is so true. I mean, the bright lights calls a lot of guys, and they think that they're there in the city to maybe do other things. But when you can bring them back to understanding why you're here and get them focused, then you'll see guys like LJ start to pop up. And that's what he's done. He's limited his distractions. He's done a great job.
3: On the subject of L.J. Coach Reed spags, even Justin Reed complimented the way that he was able to shadow DK. Mm-hmm. Going to your experience as a former NFL cornerback, how different does your mindset change preparations when you're told, hey, your sole purpose right now is to shadow this guy?
9: Yeah, you. You. what happens is when someone tells you early in the week that you're going to shadow this one particular player. Your preparation, your everything you do is heightened. You're looking at all stances split. So you're looking at things um, versus that one particular man, um, and you're looking at things that you're picking up that you wouldn't normally pick up if you're having to play multiple different multiple guys. And so I think that's what has happened is once you know that you have a Kelsey, you study his mannerisms, you study his route concepts, you study the whole year. And so when we have a guy that's shattering a guy like a Metcalf. L.J. did a great job of looking at the tape, and going back early in the season, what works, what doesn't work, and how many tools can I bring. you got to have at least more than one or two tools in your tool belt. And L.J., I think, used three different techniques on a young man and did a great job. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
11: Is it afternoon yet? Yes. Okay. All right. Greg, with, with Isaiah's
4: progress and uh, Jared's Doing what he's doing. How much do you feel like this? This dimension
11: of the, of the offense is really what you want to see right now? Well, I think Jarek is, is doing a great job. Uh, he's been a professional uh, throughout the time here and really in the NFL and the opportunity that he's been presented. He's taking advantage of those opportunities. So I'm excited for him uh, moving forward and, and pop has done a tremendous job of leaning on Jarek and, and Bert and Clyde and, and Melvin, Rojo, uh, just getting that professionalism and understanding uh, different things about how to be a professional running back, what it's going to take for you to be successful, and then taking all that information in and going out and, and putting it to work uh, when he gets those opportunities. I think they got a, a good rhythm going with those two guys uh, right now. And uh, when everybody else is available and we get opportunities to get other guys in there, I think it'll be a seamless. Uh, transition with with guys as we go.
7: Greg, how, how um how pleased are you that Jarek is known for his pass catching ability, yet he has the game winning touchdown run against the Texans, and Pacheco is known for his downhill running style, and yet you guys are now starting to sprinkle in more you know receptions to him. The fact that they can both be sort of uh, there's duality with both of them. How well, much, it, it, it
11: might it's it's funny that that you say that the duality of both of them being able to do both things. My wife and I, we talked about it when I took the position of running back coach. Well, I'm naturally a receiver. And bringing that part of my game and, and knowledge and information to the running back room where these guys already understand how to run, and then I have E.B. on, who played the position and meshing that together and getting the total package with everybody. And that's why I say for us as running backs here, uh, we have to be multifaceted. We got to be able to do everything. Uh, because that gives you an opportunity to be success, successful and help this team uh, in any way we can, whether it be pass pro, whether it be catching passes, whether it be running. Uh, we have to be able to do everything, and, and that's what I try to pride myself on, of uh, uh, getting across to those guys, and, and they uh, absorb all of it, and, and they try to go out there and do it.
2: It's been easy to see that Pacheco's way more comfortable now than he was at the beginning of the season. That snapper for a rookie. What little things have you seen maybe at practice beyond the scenes that show you, okay, you know, maybe the game is really slowing down for him?
11: Well, it, 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 the game itself, he understood the game, like you said, but it's just the patience of different things and how to understand and how to set up blocks and understand where the blocking seam is supposed to be going and then utilizing your skill set from there. Uh Early on, obviously, you're coming to something new. That's with any job. You don't know everything about it, and you try to build off that and try to understand it. And now he's grasping everything, and now you're able to see his skill set take take advantage of opportunities when he does get those.
5: With Isaiah, now we're you know, almost at the end of the regular season. He's a rookie. They talk about the rookie wall, all that stepping up in competition. What have you seen from him to grind through this really harder part of the year for rookies?
11: I'm not a big rookie wall uh, believer uh, type deal. It's professional football, this is your job. You come up here and you go to work. And he's been playing football as the, all the other rookies have too their whole life. So they probably played more football before they came here than, than they are with the 17 games just after practice or doing stuff. Like they just keep playing because they're young and all that type of stuff. So uh, he's he's playing hard and he's gonna continue to play hard. I don't buy into or I don't push that on guys as far, man, make sure you're doing this, that, and the other, because the rookie wall is going to hit you. No, come up here to work, man, and get your job done, and everything will be where it needs to be for you. Couple
5: more. With uh, Clyde at this point, what's he been like for y'all in the the meeting room and trying to get himself back healthy?
11: Clyde has been awesome. Uh, He's been awesome. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not in the the training room uh, doing things. Our staff does a good job with him there. And in the meeting rooms, he's he's the same self, taking notes, diligent with things, understanding what's going on. And whenever the opportunity presents itself for him to be back, whatever that may be, then he'll be ready to go. Anybody else? Last one? Thanks, Coach. Uh, Thanks, Coach. Matt, a couple weeks
4: ago, it was after the Denver game, actually, Patrick was talking about kind of recalibrating and always having to figure out that line and, and for a moment I thought he was sort of talking about something he's just said before, but I guess the question is, isn't that sort of important that he is always recalibrating and, and, and it, it suggests more advancement, more sophistication
10: as it goes along? Yeah, it does. I think that's a, a strength of his because sometimes you can get lost in however you're playing for X amount of weeks um, and I look at him and I just, I think when I look back at this year so far, of what we've been through um, growing as a quarterback room, as an offense, as a team, one of the more impressive things with Patrick is the fact that he does just that. I feel like every Monday when he comes back in, he goes through and he goes and tries to um, validate what he thought happened on Sunday with film, with the film, and seeing what he sees, but then he resets immediately, and he forgets um, good or bad, um, and that's the 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 resetting part to me with somebody that's playing as well as he's playing and holds himself and knows we hold him to high standards. You know, he comes off a game, for instance, against these guys last time and uh, we're in a good position and situationally we go back-to-back interceptions in the first half and they score two touchdowns off of that. No one is more frustrated at that moment and those throws more than him. And, um, you know, so... For him to, he, he just kind of puts that in the back pocket, and, and now he's got to use that moving forward, whatever it is the next game, the next play, uh, the next time we play them. And he does a great job at, at doing all that, but the resetting part's big.
4: And in a bigger picture sense, should that line, as he progresses through his career, is, is it sort of the line should always be changing? It's not like with the line is always going to be, oh, yeah. I, I shouldn't push it here, I shouldn't push it there. It's always growing.
10: It's fluid, yeah, it's moving, it's fluid. Uh, And there's different parts of the game i mean uh whether it's uh something that maybe everybody the outsiders don't see as much with a with a protection call or some type something that he sees within the game that might be a little bit more um you know internal for us that he's growing in that way or it might be something bigger where you see hey threw an interception and it wasn't uh it wasn't a good decision it wasn't a good throw or he goes and he scrambles on a third down and makes an unbelievable spectacular play and does a no look for a 50 plus yard touchdown pass. So all of that, I think with the great quarterbacks, the ones that, that do it consistently over time, that bar is always changing. It's always moving. It is fluid.
5: Matt, um, as the season's gone on, have there been times where he's done something, whether it's in a game or practice or a meeting, where you said, you know what, he wasn't advanced. The last time I coached him, he wasn't this advanced. He maybe couldn't have done this.
10: Yeah, uh, that's a, a great question. With me being there with him uh, his rookie year to where he's at now, it's so far advanced to where it was just that year. So there's a lot more of that. Um, for me, it's been more so, Adam, of, of seeing him just go from this year, the growth he's had this year of, uh, of, of certain plays. And I think sometimes um, – you know, players like him that are so naturally gifted and talented can make different throws from different arm angles, don't have to have their feet set all the time, see something before it happens. Sometimes you can get away from some of your, your standard fundamentals. And the thing with Pat is, and, and it starts with Coach Reed, is you know, we really stress that to him, and he wants that to be stressed. Hey, stay within uh, the timing of the play with your feet. As simple as that sounds, Sometimes you get off of that, and before you know it, your timing is off, and now it's not matching with the wideouts. And there's been a couple games where he's come to the sideline within the game and said, My timing's off, my feet are off, I gotta get back to that. I gotta get back to one, two, three in progression, and not just one, two run. And that right there is growth in itself, because when you're a young player as a rookie, you're just trying to call the play the right way. And for me, sometimes. You know, I look at what he's done now, I listen to him in practice call play when you can actually hear it. In the game you don't hear it, but in practice you can hear him call play. I mean, that's sometimes the hardest thing for some quarterbacks to do is to call a play. For him that's like second nature. It's simple. It wasn't like that as a rookie. Well, we sometimes we take that for granted because we have some unique formations, motion shifts, plays, etc. Well, that's just the beginning of the of the, of the play, I mean, you gotta get up and you gotta do everything else at the line of scrimmage and then, oh, by the way, you gotta make a play. He's grown so much in this time and, and he's grown just so much this year, too.
5: We talk to you about once a month and every time kinda of ask you about a crazy play you've seen and you mentioned that little no-looker yeah. last time. At this point, at this point of the year, I mean, how many things has he done this year that you're, is it less 10, 12, whatever?
10: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. I mean, the ones that really, really jump out um, is, is the one in Tampa when he scrambled and had to had to play in Tampa, uh, and then this one in Denver. Those are the two that completely jump out because they're just there's maybe one or two other people. I don't know, maybe one other person that can that can do that, uh, maybe nobody. And when you have that happen, you can only sit back and chuckle and just say, well. Um, that was a pretty good play and we became really good coaches on that play. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> coach even chuckled in the middle of that right afterwards and he you know, he just he said, Well that goes in the reel. I mean that, it does. It, it's it's one of those deals. You just you don't really coach that. You were in
5: Philly before and you were here and, and you know, the whole time you were here you either had Alex or Patrick. Yeah, but, you know, you were in Chicago, had different quarterbacks. I mean great quarterbacks make great coaches, right? I and mean, that's kinda how that goes. You look around the league and you see all the troubles other teams are having. How, how fortunate do you guys feel to have someone who's so rock solid in the meeting rooms and all that and can do those things on the field?
10: Yeah, w- without a doubt. I mean, I, I've been really blessed to be around so many great – I go back to my when I first was brought into the league with Coach Reed in Philadelphia and just being around Donovan McNabb and, and those guys from, the, from in Philadelphia and then coming here and being with Alex and then going to Chicago and having you know the different uh, quarterbacks that we had there – uh, they all have their strengths and weaknesses, and and in the end, um, I think as you see uh, in this league, it's very very important to have a guy um, that can that can do great things behind the center. And they're all different; they all have their strengths. But we as coaches appreciate, you know, the ones that that uh, that are able to do it. and I think we all know it's stating the obvious with, with Patrick. What's scary with Patrick is that he's so young, that and he doing. he's doing this at such a young age.
4: That repertoire, of Patrick's it, the, the touchdown run the other day, getting fully parallel to yeah. the ground, it, it's a different kind of, you know, mindset to do that than to, you know, make the pass, right? I mean, I, what, what's it take for a guy to be able to do that, too?
10: Number one to trust your speed. Uh, he jokes all the time about his boosties, and he talks about, I and mean, he has to put his boosties on. And he had his boosties on that play, and just so happened to be going against a Texas Tech Raider one on one. So I'm sure you know we heard about that for a little bit. But there's a lo- there's a lot that goes into that play. I mean, how many times do you see somebody, number one, make the extension of the play with his legs, but then brace himself with his left arm, not Hurt his, hurt himself. But then number two, to come with the right hand and keep the ball in slick weather, cold, cold weather, hold that ball into the pylon. A lot of people teach not to do that because you can have a touchback. He did it all, and those are plays. Again, that was a third down. He made a play. Uh, he scrambled. That's a part of his game that that I think sometimes goes unnoticed is what he can do extending plays with his legs. And you know we got six points from it.
7: Bit of a uh, curveball coach, but. Travis has been here the longest. In yeah. the Offense. Obviously, you he were here when he was here when you were last here. Um, how much do you lean on Travis and his experience in the quarterback room? How often is he in the quarterback meeting room just to offer maybe a unique or a different perspective?
10: Well, I would say this. Uh, you know, again, just like Patrick, I was fortunate enough to be here when when um, Kels came in here as a rookie, and just to see very similar to Patrick with more years, um, how every day he's trying to. Uh, you know, make his craft better and better in how he does it. And he gives, you know, if if he sees a particular route that we put in and he wants to do something a little bit to it to make it uh, his way, uh, he's earned that right, I think, over time. And he'll voice that. And him and Pat just need to be on the same page on how they do it. He's been phenomenal. I think it just sometimes, again, like the, with Patrick, you can sometimes take it for granted. You want to be careful because he's been doing this a long time. He makes so many special plays. His route running is just crazy. I mean, there's other players, teams in this league that try to emulate what he does. It's just hard because he has a natural knack to to get open. But his growth has been amazing and his partnership and relationship with Patrick, it's, it's hard to stop when you get two guys that are thinking the same way.